I like to say it all the time. Pastors are the only people that can give altar calls for themselves. This is the Church Growth Nation Podcast. I like hearing about the highlights and the strategies and the systems that you guys have, but if you wouldn't mind speaking to this, can you tell us some of the struggles that you had, some of the difficult seasons? Maybe other pastors can relate to that. Can you tell us about some of those seasons that you've had to go through? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that Bible college and seminary doesn't teach you. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't teach you how to deal with relationships that you've poured your life into. And then next thing you know, they land up betraying you. They don't teach you, you know, how to, how to, how to put a financial portfolio together so you can, you know, you can get a loan for your church or, or try to uh, buy facilities. They don't teach you those type of things. And, and a lot of times that's on the job training. And, and those were some seasons in my life before I found, you know, before we got connected to ARC and, and different things like that, that really, brought a lot of pain to our life. But at the end of the day, I, I'm grateful for it. You know, I learned a lot. You know, when you think of betrayal, you know, betrayal is the prerequisite for promotion. You know, I tell pastors that all the time. If Jesus was never portrayed by Judas, he'd have never been handed over to the Romans. If Joseph was never portrayed by his brothers, he'd have never made it into, Potiphar, into, into Potiphar's palace, which eventually he'd have never made it, you know, to, uh, to Pharaoh's palace. So at yeah. the end of the day, there's an objective to what you have to think and look at and realize that if your steps are ordered of the Lord, then God knows what your outcome is. He's, he's the God that's faithful from the beginning to the end. But yeah, we've had some tremendous, you know, hard seasons in our church. And, um, and I think at the end of the day, it goes back to what I, I started this, this, this podcast with, and that is that the goal of destiny was never to get big. It was always to remain healthy. And I had to yeah. find myself, I found myself bleeding sometimes. And I had, I had to make sure that my soul was right, make sure my heart was right, that I didn't land up getting bitter. I was just getting better. And, uh, and all those, those heart checks every day, because you can't control what people do to you, but you can control what you feel. Yeah, I mean, you as the lead pastor of a big church, who's the one giving the message and pouring into people each Sunday, when you were going through your difficult time and you were struggling and you had emotional challenges, who did you turn to to get help uh, and, and to get mentorship from? Did you get a coach? Did you reach out to a friend, a family? What did you do? I'll never forget this moment in my life. We were going through a very tough season. We were kind of lied to in the building that we were, that we're in that even now. And, you know, we had some board members walk out, you know, because they knew uh, <clears throat> the owner of the building and they had a good relationship with him. And, you know, obviously a few years later, we're, you know, we're vindicated to God be the glory, but you still go through that pain. Um, and at the end of the day, God gave me a verse in Acts chapter six, verse four, where it says, continually be in prayer in the ministry of the word. And one of the things that, that the Lord reminded me in a season of my most painful time was that, Obed, I never called you just, you know, just to preach. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that is the overflow of what takes place in the private. I never called you to study for sermons. I never called you to build a church. He says, unless I build it, the labor is in vain. So I called you to do two things. I called you to pray and minister to my people. And it was a moment in my life that maybe God had to get me to, to the point that I was so desperate that more than anything, he didn't want me, you know, he didn't want me to establish a platform life. He wanted me to establish a prayer life. And what has kept me healthy 
And I, I tell pastors this all the time, is that if you don't have a prayer life, your soul will get wounded. And if you don't have a place where you can be healed, then at the end of the day, you're going to bleed on the people that did not cut you. And they're going to land up hurting people because you hurt yourself. Bleed on the people that didn't cut you. I think that's really deep because those are the people that are just getting the after effects of something that happened in the past. Yeah. You know, uh, now, pastor, uh, average pastor spends 12 minutes a day praying, spends 22 hours a week studying for a message. And the problem is, is that we have more pastors that are preaching a message that they're not living because they're studying for a message rather than studying for themselves and preaching out of their overflow. So even till this day, I study more for myself on a daily basis than I study for a message. And yeah. at the end of the day, the word of God and, and, you know, the purpose of the word, obviously, John chapter one, is that the word became flesh. So if you don't flesh out the word, well, then what good is it? It's just, it just comes out of your mouth. It's not what you yeah. live. And, and at the end of the day, people would rather have a pastor that's living it than actually just speaking it. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, the first five years, uh, man, I didn't even, I never preached a message on families, you know, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have kids. So I brought in guest speakers. I did family seminars because at the end of the day, I wanted our people to know I only want to preach to the things I'm trying to live out every single day. And yeah. I think pastors make those mistakes because they want to be everything to everybody. And your people are looking at you cross-eyed and you're looking at, you're probably looking at them and they're going, why are they looking at me like this? Cause brother, you don't have no kids. So stop telling parents how to raise teenagers when you don't have kids or maybe you just have a two-year-old, you know, yeah. be flesh out the word. Just don't yeah. sit there and, uh, and preach something you saw on a podcast. Yeah. One thing for me is cause we we're in marketing and in business, they say, the best product always wins no matter what you do in marketing. At the end of the day, for example, if you have a restaurant that's maybe a hole in the wall that's like generations deep, incredible food versus some new restaurant that comes to town that has a huge marketing budget. It's maybe mediocre food, but they, they do everything for marketing. In the long run, the better restaurant tasting quality food is going to win. And I think in the church world, people are genuinely craving deep teaching people who have walked with God who have deep overflow understanding and and relationship with God and they're they're craving the word they're craving that kind of teaching more than they are the bells and the whistles and the the Sunday experience and the and and all that stuff they're the product that they really want the thing they want is good solid teaching and I think pastors could maybe spend a little bit more time focusing on their own depth and their messages than just the coolness of the service I don't know. Does that resonate with you at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's a fine line. I, I, I think at the end of the day, the greatest marketer, we, we got the greatest product and his name is Jesus. Okay. Yeah. He saves lives, everything. At the end of the day, what we want to pretty put on display is how are lives being changed every weekend and how are people being led from where they are to where God desires their life to be? Where are they also giving a pathway to their purpose, you know, and, and when we're, you know, when we're more focused on like what you said, the bells and the whistles and all those type of things. And we're, we're not going up there 
fully immersed in God's presence, where when we open up, open up our mouth, the oracles of God come forth, that out of our belly is flowing rivers of living water, as the scriptures declare. If we're not going up there full, full of the word, full of prayer, full of power, full of anointing, full of grace, full of love, then what's going to happen is, is that, you know, like Peter, you're going to continue to walk by the gate of beautiful every day. And that person's still going to stay lame because, because, because at the end of the day, you didn't fill yourself up. But as soon as Peter had that experience, walked by that gate of beautiful that next day, he told the person, Hey, silver and gold, I do not have, but such that has happened to me, I give to you rise up and walk. Peter walked every day to prayer and had to go by that gate every single day. What was the difference? He had an encounter with God before he gave an encounter away. And at the end of the day, pastors need to pray before they preach, not preach, then pray afterwards. You need to go up there full of God's spirit so that it magnifies the word of God and makes it alive in people's life. Because at the end of the day, people know, people can sense. If they don't know him, they sense him. And if they're not sensing the presence of God, then all it is is just a performance. You've had a unique perspective of being able to take other pastors who maybe are at a difficult time in their ministry or they're going through some real stuff and they need counseling, they need real relationship, and you've walked them through that. Can you speak to that? Can you tell us a little bit about how pastors can really get out of that rut when they're feeling down about the ministry? Well, yeah, every day. I mean, you know, we work with hundreds and hundreds of pastors and, um, you know, I, 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 you know, pastors are, <clears throat> are constantly on the front line. They pave a path for their church. That's why they're given the vision first and then everybody follows. That's what the Bible says. And at the end of the day, they're going to take the wounds before everybody else. And if they don't have a person they can talk to or a network of pastors they can connect with, then the wounded just get around the wounded and they land up bleeding on each other. And, uh, you know, the goal really is, is to get around somebody that have walked that path and, or lead you to streams that, are, that, that, that you can get healed in um, but you're going to get wounded. You're going to get betrayed. You're going to get lied about. You're going to get falsely accused. Um, it's very hard to understand a pioneer who's blazing a trail. And you're going to be misunderstood because you're blazing a trail for everybody else. And so at the end of the day, you've got to get around somebody that can really help you. And when people come to us, um, they come really real and raw. And, um, and at the end of the day, we walk them through a path that we have and uh, making sure that their soul stays ha healthy. But the most important thing is that they establish a prayer life. And if they establish a prayer life, I promise you they will last. Because in this day, it's not how good you are today. It's not how big your church is. It's not how many, uh, you know, how many people, how many followers you got on Instagram. The big question today for every church planter and every new person that's planted church is how long will you last? And uh, at the end of the day, the average pastor today is lasting four and a half years. This gives you something. We're having, we have, we're having less and less celebrations around the world of pastors who have pastored 20 years, 15 years, because they just don't last, because, it, because they got hit, they got wounded, and they had nowhere to heal. Hmm. I like to say it all the time. Pastors are the only people that can't give altar calls for themselves. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, okay, let me ask you this. Who are some of your mentors? Oh, I got, I, you know, first of all, my pastor, Pastor Jacob Aranza, you know, is definitely a mentor in my life. Chris Hodges is a, a big mentor in my life. Uh, 
uh, Miles McPherson, big mentor in my life, Paul Dion, Brian Houston, Andre Olivia. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I just, I just love being around leaders that are pioneering and blazing a trail that I could walk in and learn not only from their victories, but also learn from their pains and struggles. And believe it or not, when you get around guys that are seasoned like that, they're able to talk about their struggles. They're able to talk about their pain. And they're able to talk about their seasons they're going through right now. And the reason why is because it shows a very sign that they're very secure with who they are. Insecure pastors, which I believe is the number one cancer of, of most pastors, um, and that is insecurity. Insecure pastors cannot talk about their pain because they only want to be celebrated with their accolades. And, uh, and that's what happens, and that's why they can't open up, because they don't want you to see their vulnerability of who they really are because they're still struggling with so much. But get around guys who have security, and they will talk more about their pain and their struggles, even what they're presently going through now, than their victories and their accolades because they know they can't get the credit for it because it's all God. Uh, do you personally still struggle with discouragement and things like that? Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's days you get discouraged. There's, there's days you, you know, you, you know, depression knocks on your door. There's days where you sit there and, and, and you're dealing with uh, thoughts that you shouldn't be having. But at the end of the day, you got to remind yourself that, hey, look at, you know, the God that, that took you and delivered you out of this in the past will deliver you now and deliver you in the future. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a guy that doesn't change, but also have great friends that I can pick up the phone and, 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 and and trust me, I don't entertain those thoughts for a very long time because I'll get on the phone and call some friends and, uh, and they help me walk through it. Yeah. Well, tell us this, what's in the future for you guys? What's God put on your heart for the next season of the church expanding or or what? Just bought a new building and saw a broadcast camera, uh, is, is, is going into construction in the next two months and. We'll be getting another campus. We're, we're acquiring another campus uh, right now. And so we're in escrow on that one. And, and, uh, and we're buying a, a building for our, our, our church offices plus our passionate pastor offices and, uh, and video center. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of stuff going on right now. Awesome. Uh, listen, before we end this, I always like to ask uh, just a couple fun random questions just to just get your knee-jerk response But before we end. Is that okay? Okay, so here's the first one. Are you ready? Lakers or Warriors? Oh, Lakers all day. Thank you. You're a Christian. I knew you were a Christian. Come on, man. I ain't jumping on the Warriors bandwagon. Uh, my love for the Lakers is almost uh, as equal as my hate for Golden State. I don't know why. Just, it is. Come on, man. All right, the last one. Kind of a weird one, kind of random, but uh, all right, here it is. If you have to give up fingers for toes or swap toes for fingers, you got to pick one. <laughs> Which one is it? I'd rather have uh, fingers for toes because at the end of the day, you got to walk before you can read. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, but man, the... Flip-flop days would be rough, you know? Really bad, absolutely. Uh, you know, we just, honestly, we appreciate you being on this podcast, and, and there's going to be a lot of pastors that are going to talk about this. Our community is called the Church Growth Nation Facebook group, so a lot of people will be commenting on that. And so if people want to reach out to you directly, uh, where can they do that? How can they get a hold of you? Every pastor that's watching, listening to this podcast, man, at any given time, don't hesitate. Don't use the word I'm busy because you don't know my schedule and you don't have the right to say that. 
Um, I do make time in my life. I often tell people if you're busy, it's just really bad time management. And um, so at the end of the day, I make Thursdays available for pastors. Um, you can reach mm-hmm. my office at 760-863-0700, 760-863-0700. And you can ask for Jeff Osborne, and uh, he will guide you, direct you, whatever you need to do. We give all of our curriculums, anything we have here, we give it away for free. Uh, we will give you everything. We'll give you our bylaws for free that you could, uh, you could, you can look at those if you're in need of those. Um, anything that you need, we're here for you. And then also with passionatepastors.com, we do a lot of training. We do a lot of pastor training for free. And so we'd love to help you out any way we can. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you, Obed, uh, being on this show. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be encouraged by this. And for all those guys that are, uh, you guys that are watching, please join us on the Church Growth Nation Facebook group. This is where the conversation continues. But listen, we appreciate you, man, and uh, blessings to you. And thank you so much. Talk to you next time. Appreciate you. It's an honor. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you, you too. 